Are you aware the name of Yeshua, or Jesus, means Yahweh is salvation? Symbolically, this translates to God saves his people. Have you considered the significance of his name when Jesus taught us to pray, hallowed be your name, or that demons tremble at the name of Jesus? What about the seven spirits of God in Revelation 1-4? Does this point to the seven attributes or descriptions of Holy Spirit in us? Have you pondered the symmetry of His Word with the translations of God's names? Join us now as we attempt to draw closer to our Lord by digging deep into the interpretations of the names of Messiah and Holy Spirit. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Russick. You're listening to The Russick Outlook Very pumped uh, for today's topic. This is the close of a two-part series on Draw Closer by Knowing His Names According to His Word. And today we're going to be getting into the names of Messiah and Holy Spirit. Uh, The first part, if you can, if you haven't listened to it, I strongly encourage you to. I I really broke down a lot of the Hebrew, the names of what, or or I should say the breakdown of what we know as Yahweh. the the uh, Hebrew pronunciation Yad Hey Vav Hey. I also covered a very interesting development that's happening in in Jerusalem, where the name of the Lord uh, is starting to appear on the eastern wall, and I and I broke that down. So if you could, uh, I I think you'd find it very very worthwhile. Uh, but we're going to be concentrating here on Messiah and Holy Spirit, and I, I, I'm really excited and jazzed for a couple of reasons. Uh, We're going to be talking about the power, the authority of the name of Jesus, just how significant this is. Uh, But also, I'm I'm really, I'm I'm jazzed kind of uh, to to break down Holy Spirit's names. uh, Because, you know, I've said this a couple of times. I think maybe not intentionally, but Holy Spirit is often relegated to the side or, or, you know, not necessarily always thought about. And it's so important. I mean, the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, a disciple in Jesus Christ, he, he sent the greatest gift to us uh, when, when he left and he resurrected uh, by sending his spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, to live and reign in us. And it, it's, such a, it's such an incredible joy and honor to have the Holy Spirit living in you. So I hope to share some things here about his names. And yes, there are names of the Holy Spirit that are broken down just as, and and I know many of you know the different names of of the Father and the Son, uh, but I hope to show you some some things here that may open up your eyes. And and the intent or the mission is to help you to draw closer. Uh, The book of James says, uh, when you draw closer to God, God draws closer to you. And I believe when you get to know people by name, it becomes more intimate. And, you know, it's, it's, it's natural. If you're listening to this uh, and you, or, you know, you're having a conversation with somebody, you're getting to know one, someone, what do you, you know, usually start with, you know, my name is. So, uh, and because God is so all-consuming and all-powerful and there's so many different characteristics of him, there is num- a number of names and descriptions throughout the scriptures, both Old Testament and New Testament, that we're going to get into. So uh, I I hope you're excited as I am, because I am expecting, as I am speaking here today, I I am expecting Holy Spirit to be partaking with Jesus in this, because the Word says that where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. 
so I am coming to you in the name of Jesus, and I hope and trust that you're listening. Uh, and, and even though we're transcended by uh, uh, online airwaves, if you will, or uh, the binary zeros and ones, uh, the message is coming through, and uh, and we're going to be building uh, our, our faith together because we're going to be sharing the Word of God. So this is this is to me very exciting. So hopefully you you will enjoy things like this. If you do, uh, I'd ask if you could the hit the like and the subscribe button that's coming across your screen now and ring that bell. Uh, you know, I, I hate to keep saying this, but it's important for us to get the message out because we're looking to share the truth. Um, I've, I've said this many times before. We look into different areas, uh, um, w- w- whether it's scripture or it's things outside of the scripture, current events, science, technology. We always like to look at different avenues to ultimately bring us to truth. And I believe that uh, the spirit of truth is is here because Jesus said, "I am the way and the truth." So that's you know that's ultimately what we're trying to get at. And last, I'm going to ask if you wouldn't mind, join our email list. If you get on the Russick Outlook, join the email list. We just notify you of different events, things that are coming up, subjects, videos that have been released. But there's also new things coming down the pike in October, November, and December where we're going to be doing some live online uh, Bible gatherings that will be interactive. There will be Q&A and time of prayer. So uh, hopefully, if you could, love to have you join with us. It's, you know, no cost, and none of this is. Um, you know, it's just we would if you email us, we would and say, I'd like to participate. Uh, we would just send you the link and the password to it. And that's it. So please join our email list. So let's get into this by, like I said, we're going to be talking about the names of Messiah and Holy Spirit. So if you did listen to the first uh, uh, video the, b- beforehand, I broke down a lot of the uh, what, what's called the Tetragrammaton or Tetragram which is the breakdown of the four-letter uh, Hebrew words of Yah- what most people would commonly know as uh, Yahweh, where the Hebrew pronunciation is yad heh vav uh, This is This four-letter word is the name of God of, of Israel. Uh, the four letters read from right to left, and, and while there is no consensus about the structure or the etymology of the name, the, most people commonly refer to it as Yahweh, and that's pretty much been... Uh, the accepted uh, um, pronunciation or the accepted form or, or, or delivery that if people hear Yahweh, they know that you're referring generally to God the Father or the God of Israel, the God of the Old Testament. So I want to kind of slide into Jesus and the Hebrew pronunciation of Yehoshua. It is a consonant uh, compound name uh, consisting of two parts. First part is the prefix from the form of the Tetragrammaton, which is God's form four letter name, Yahweh or Yad Hey Vav Hey. In the Hebrew Bible, Yehoah is used at the beginning of certain proper names. Yehoshaphat, Yehoakim, Yehonathan. Um, in the medieval English, the letter J was pronounced as Y. So the suffix form of the Tetragrammaton is Yah. Uh, Ayah in Greek. So think of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Hallelujah. Uh, hopefully I, I didn't lay it on too thick, but I, you know, you get the idea. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Zechariah, Hallelujah. The second part is the form of the Hebrew verb Yasha, which means deliver, save, or rescue. So symbolically, the name of Yehoshua or Yeshua uh, or Jesus um, so, you know, generally, you know, when you're speaking to people in a lot of people in the Middle East and, and in Israel will say Yeshua 
and a lot of Christians will still say Yeshua, but I mean, you know, it's Jesus. Um, and this conveys the idea that God, which is Yahweh, delivers or saves his people. So really the official translation of Yeshua is Yahweh is salvation. And that is the breakdown. So, you know, I think that's very, very powerful. So Yeshua or Jesus, it means Yahweh is salvation. So, you know, there, there you have it. Now I'm going to get into a little bit more of the English, but I needed to kind of lay this foundation. So we're going to talk about the name and the significance of the names. And I've talked about this before. I, you know, in, in the opening, I talked about how important it is to know the name. Um, and I've given you on video, if, if you're watching me here, uh, that there's two scriptures that I really wanted to emphasize. And I'd like to read this uh, from Philippians. So uh, this is 2, 1 through 11. So bear with me for a second here. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. I should say that uh, this is written um, by, by, by the Apostle Paul. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others, having this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though we who I'm sorry, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equally God a thing to be grasped, equality, I'm sorry, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. So this is so important. This is what I want to kind of set the stage for, that, that Jesus stepped out of heaven and took the form of man. And this is what the scripture says. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So I hope I'm, I'm laying the foundation here of the importance and the significance of the name of Jesus, or if you want to say Yeshua, Yehoshua, um, but it is the power and the authority. Now, I'm going to segue a little bit about the importance of the name to what uh, Jesus said when he, he said, well, how should we pray? And this is what he says, our Father in who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So I'm not going to repeat the whole our Father, but Hallowed be your name, the name of Jesus, the name of the Father, the name of Holy Spirit. These are the names, but the, the reverence that we give, and, and I laid out in the first uh, uh, earlier broadcast about the name of Yahweh, and it's really the Hebrew consonants. We don't even know what the vowels were. It's such a sacred word that we never received that uh, translation, and what they did was they inserted the vowels from Adonai. So that's that's how you get, uh, and, 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 I, and you'd have to go back and, and listen to that. I don't want to go down another path there. But, 
you know, it's just so important um, to reverence the name of the Lord. Let me just put it that way. So in Acts 2.21, it says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, here, let me go this way. On the day of Pentecost, Peter said, this is in Acts 2.21, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 3,000 people did. When the apostles Peter and John met a lame man at the gate of the temple, Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and the man did. So here, in the, and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And what happened? 3,000 people responded and called upon the name of the Lord and were saved at that moment or moments in time. And then here, you know, the next re- reference that I'm getting to here is in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So, uh, and, and he did. So this is all in the power and the authority of the name. Um, Peter's testimony was that through faith in his name uh, has made this man strong. So this is Peter's response to what he saw with, with the man getting up and being healed. He, he, he uh, accredits it to the faith that the man had in the name of Jesus. Later, the apostles asked God that signs and wonders may be done by the holy name of the whole, by the name of the holy child Jesus, and that's in Acts uh, four thirty. Um, uh, let me go to uh, they received God's blessing only because they were obedient to God in every way, including the manner in which they prayed. God instructed them to pray in His name. So that's what we are expected to do. If we are followers, if you are disciples of Jesus, if you're not a disciple of Jesus, if you're not a believer, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. Just as what you saw in Acts 2.21, the same can be had for you right now. Call upon the name of the Lord, repent of your sins, ask him to become the Lord and Savior of your heart if you believe in him. Because if you pray and you have faith in the name of Jesus or Yeshua, your world will completely turn around and and you will also spend eternity with him. Uh, the, these are no small things that I'm, I'm, I'm uh, bringing out to, to your attention and to reference, but I, I, I want to go to the power and the authority. And, and ultimately, we have this power and authority because of the love and mercy of Jesus. Uh, John 1, 12 through 13, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That's how powerful and significant this name is. Uh, you, You know, some of you might be familiar with Jesus sending out the 72. Let me just lay this out for you. After this, uh, the, the Lord appointed 72 others, sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. So he's equipping them. He, you know, This is going to be no small um, mission that you have, and that you, you know, if you're listening and you're a believer, you know that you run into um, 
some some hesitancy and some walls, if you will, that you know you have to persevere. But what happened? The seventy-two returned with joy, saying, "Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name." Even that, so the demons tremble, the demons bow to the name of Jesus. That is the authority that we have. It is the power, the authority in in the name of Jesus. Um, in that same, I'm, I'm reading from Luke 10. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by the Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So if you're called upon the name of the Lord, Jesus has called you, Jesus has chosen you, and Jesus has revealed himself to you. And then in doing so, he sends you Holy Spirit. So now I'd like to kind of break down a little bit more about Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to share something from my own personal observations and experience. Holy Spirit is sensitive. Um, it's easy to offend the Holy Spirit. I'm not sending, telling you anything you don't know that's, that's laid out in Scripture. Um, but he's, he's just so incredibly intimate and wants to partake in every aspect of your life. Um, and, and you know, you, so let me just say this, second Timothy three fifteen seventeen second Peter one nineteen through 21 refers to the, the breath of the Holy spirit that Yahweh breathe and breathe on me, the breath of God, um, one with the father and the son and the spirit was present as an agent of creation. We know that from Genesis one twelve, as the spirit of God hovered, hovered over the, uh, over the waters. The word used in Genesis is this. It's Ruach HaKadesh, which is the breath. So it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit breathing on you. When you feel somebody breathing on you, if, if you have a relationship with a husband or a wife, you know that breath, you know how close and intimate it is. The Holy Spirit can breathe on you. This is the same Spirit that breathed in you the creation. A similar phrase is the breath of Almighty, which is in Job 33, 3 through 4. Uh, the Spirit also breathed out the record of the Scriptures, 2 Timothy three sixteen, and 2 Peter 1, 21. He is called the paraclete. The, the Greek word is translated as helper in reference to the spirit of the parakletos. There are, there are two main ways believers experience the parakletos. The, form, the more formal or technical form is a legal concept. The Spirit is our advocate. He is, um, he is our uh, personal, um, I, I, I guess you could, uh, I, I was going to say attorney, but that's not, that's, not, that's not a good way to describe it. Let me keep going. An advocate pleads a case before a righteous judge. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess you could say it like a lawyer. And the scripture teaches us that, Je that Jesus is our advocate before the Father because his sacrifice on the cross enables him to plead our case. He understands our case having been tempted yet without sin so he can represent us exper experientially. But Jesus said the Holy Spirit is also our advocate. Uh, I can cite this in John 14, 16, 26, 16, 26, and 16, 7. 
Jesus called the Holy Spirit alongside to help us resist sin after we are declared not guilty. So in a wider context, the parakletos is the helper that Jesus promised. So Jesus realizes that if you're in the flesh, and you know, and we all are, that it's difficult, you know, that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and the Spirit of God is there to help us. As our helper, the Spirit's ministry is to us both personally and permanently. He intercedes for us. He guides us, Romans eight twenty six and 27. He counsels us according to truth. Remember I said Jesus is the truth. Just as Jesus is the wonderful counselor, uh, he comforts us. He convicts us of sin. Um, I'm going to get into something very important there that we can see naturally today, uh, just a, a, an outward sign of Holy Spirit. He makes us holy. Uh, because the Holy Spirit is inside of us, He convicts us of our sin, and He, he kind of encourages us or gives us the resources to avoid sin, to avoid temptation. Uh, you know, the Word says to cast down every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every uh, thought into the captivity and the obedience of Jesus. Holy Spirit is the one who helps you do that. He is the one who counsels you, who comforts you. He teaches us and he directs us and he empowers us and so much more. It's just incredible the vast amount of resources that we have in Holy Spirit if we tap into him. And that's why I say I think oftentimes we don't realize the enormity and the power that we have. And I, when I say power, I mean power to to be a useful tool, if you will, to advance the gospel, to to share the love of God, whether it's a believer, non-believer, no matter what the situation is, to, we're always to walk in love. But, it, you know, Holy Spirit, the more we do, the more we push through, the more opportunities we'll have to be kingdom builders here on earth. Second um, Corinthians thirteen fourteen, Paul comes in, he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So right there, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. Uh, I'm going to break down some things about uh, um, Holy Spirit, some, some uh, descriptions. Uh, in Isaiah 61, 1, He is the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. Isaiah eleven twelve and Acts 5, 9. He is the Spirit of the Lord. Genesis 1, 2, 1 Corinthians 2, 11, Job 33, 4, the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians, the Spirit of the living God. Matthew, the Spirit of your Father. Uh, Romans 8, 9, the Spirit of Christ and the Spirit of His Son. So it, it, right there, the Spirit of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So that's where you get that three in one, the Trinity in one. Um, this is also important because this is the seven spirits or described to be the seven spirits. Uh, many, many believe referenced from Revelation. In Romans 8, he is the spirit of life. In Hebrews 10, he is the spirit of grace. In Revelation 19, he is the spirit of prophecy. In John 14, he is the spirit of truth. In Romans 1, he is the spirit of holiness. In, in uh, Ephesians 1, he is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And in Isaiah 28, he is the spirit of justice or judgment. So the spirit of life, grace, prophecy, truth, holiness, wisdom, and justice. Those are the seven spirits. Now, many people say that this, uh, that the spirit of counsel, I'm sorry, 
Many of the spirit names come from Isaiah 11:2, the spirit of counsel and of might, of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. This is sometimes referred to as the seven spirits of God because seven is the, the number of perfection. Uh, the seven spirits of God as seen in Revelation 1-4. Some scholars say that these are symbolic names, but the number seven refers to the seven separate spirits, but rather the completeness and the perfection of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is perfect. These seven attributes is the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, Son, and Spirit. The Spirit's names and titles are useful in helping us understand the many different manifestations, all that he does for us, and the magnificence of his role in the Trinity. And I wanted to give you a picture on video here of water, because of what I'm trying to show you is the many different facets of water, uh, where you know you may be looking at it, the bends and the shapes of the waves, the strength of it. And, and I really believe that's symbolic of Holy Spirit. There are so many different attributes uh, that we can tap into and make uh, available to us if if we press in and study his word and pray. Uh, so, you know, th- those are the things that, that are available to us. Now I want to get into the word of God because the word, it, the word and, and God is one. So this may sound a little funny, but if you praise God, if you praise the Father, if you praise the Son, if you praise the Holy Spirit, and if the Word of God is one with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you praise His Word. Uh, his Word is one with Him. And I, I know that sounds a little odd, um, and, and this was just something as I was studying this out. You know, I've never ne- necessarily done it, well, praise your Word, but in, eff- in essence, essence yeah, I would say yes. So John 6, 6, 63, I'm sorry. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. So right away there, he's saying the spirit and life is from the words I have spoken, which is the uh, the, the the word of God. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You cannot get any more sharp than that. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So even now, as I'm speaking forth the word of God, it's having an impact. I don't know where it's having an impact. It's having an impact on me. I can say that as I'm speaking it, it builds my faith. But hopefully as you're hearing this word, it's building up your faith and it's going forth and it's accomplishing what it's set out to do. The word of God is spirit and life. It is living and it is active. And when it's quickened by Holy Spirit, it has dynamic power to impart spiritual life to us. The Bible is radically different than any other book in the entire world. Uh, this is a sacred and holy word that we have the ability to tap into, which is the sword of God. Uh, so, you know, I'm showing you the, the, the different breakdowns of Yahweh, the Father, Yeshua, the Son, Baruch HaKadosh, Holy Spirit, and His Word. All of these four are synonymous with one another. They interact with one another. It is the triune God, three in one, but His Word is truth. His Word is life. We're going to break something down now. I'm bringing this to an end, uh, but this is really, really cool. Uh, this is about the properties of light. 
Um, and so let me, you know, let me set the stage by saying God is light, and hopefully you would know that. Uh, th- then this is the message, First John 1, 5. Then this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So some properties of light that I want to just break down for you. Uh, it affects the materials of light. It is reflect. It can reflect. It refracts. It disperses. It has a total internal reflection. It can interfere. It diffracts. There is scattering of light. There is a polarization of light. So you know, as I'm talking about these many different attributes of the name and the characteristics of God the Father, but God says He is light, and there are so many different impacts that light has. But I'm going to show you something, hopefully that will um, give you the properties of light as we know it in the physical today. And this is borne out, bore out scientifically. This is not you know, in the Bible. But light is made up of three different particles or wavelengths. They are each distinct from one another. No one of which could be light without the other. Each has its own separate function. So let me reiterate. There are three characteristics or particles of, uh, of light, of the wavelengths of light. And they are necessary to work with one another. In, in other words, you can't have one without the other. So you have these three distinctions. The first one originates. The second one illuminates or manifests. And the third consummates or completes. So the first is called invisible light. It is neither seen nor felt. So think of the Father. We don't see him. We don't feel him. The second is both seen and felt. We know that Jesus... Uh, manifested uh, on, on the earth, and we know that people walked with him and talked with him, and you know he laid hands on them. So he he was very physically present, and we could see him and we could feel him. The third is not seen, but it is felt as heat. So let me just go over this one more time. The first part of the wavelength originates. The second part is seen. Uh, um, and the third part is seen is not seen, but it is felt as heat. So these three are absolutely necessary in order to for, for light to be made manifest in the world today. So let's go break down where we see this in Scripture. The first is called invisible light, neither seen nor felt. First Timothy 1 through 7. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. So right there, you're saying to the King Eternal, this is to the Father, this is the Hebrew words, yad heh vav uh, you know, again, what I had covered in the first part. So this is representation of the Father. Then you have the second part, which illuminates or manifests. It is both seen and felt. This is God the Son. Uh, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 John 1, 1, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, what we beheld and handled with our hands concerning the word of life. So there you have the second part that it is seen and felt, just as light is seen and felt today. Next, the third part completes. It is not seen, but it is felt as heat. The third part is the Holy Spirit, Raruk HaKadesh. Uh, Matthew 3.11, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, 
but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and in fire. What is fire? It is heat. John 16, 8, And he, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and the righteousness and judgment. This is very cool and very important. The word convict in the original Greek Bible means to expose the hidden things or to chastise in a moral sense. When you get caught doing something wrong or convicted of sin, we know that your body temperature rises and you get hot. The closer you get to light, the hotter you get. And I say things that make you go, hmm. Uh, you know, so there you have in the natural, we have these three aspects of light. The Bible says God is light. And you, if you look at the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, it bears out those three different particles or attributes or wavelengths of light. I don't know. I just, you know, that just totally uh, um, brings the life, you know, to the Bible, to the Word of God, to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, these are things that we observe in nature, and you know, sure enough, this is this is who God is. So let me close with this: Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and His glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Isaiah sixty-one through three. I just want to close very quickly with a small story. When I was in Israel some years back, and I was, uh, we were in uh, Naz, Naz, yeah, we were in Nazareth, um, and we were visiting a an area of Arab Christians that had set up what would be symbolic of uh, the the times that Jesus walked around there. And um, at any rate, you know, this this one girl, woman, you know, maybe in her twenties. I think that's it. You know, I, I, she could have been early 30s. But the presence of God was just so powerful on her. And I just say this because so many people who were with me at the time, and I'm talking, we had over 30 of us in our group, we all sensed the power of Holy Spirit on her. But she was reading and she was demonstrating what a synagogue would look like at the time when Jesus came up and he read from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah and he said, on this day, uh, the scripture has been fulfilled. And it was just so powerful, and everybody knew it. And she said, I want to leave you with something. And she gave us this little tiny clay pottery uh, uh, that had a wick in it and a light. And she said, please remember when you leave here today that you are the light, that you are the representation of Jesus, of Holy Spirit, of the Father, that you are the, the Jesus has empowered you and has given you the ability to bring forth his light, to carry his light, and, 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 you know, that's that's the responsibility that we have. That's the honor that we have. So when you see uh, the video here and this candle that's that that's being shined, I would just encourage you to be a light to the world. Um, and, and you can by all the different attributes that God has already deposited in you from Holy Spirit. Never mind all of the different gifts Holy Spirit has given you both naturally and supernaturally. You're a powerhouse. You're a force for God. You're precious in the sight of God. You, you, you've been made in His image, and you are you are here for a plan and a purpose. And my hope is that you fulfill everything that you've been called to do, that your steps have been ordered by the Lord, and that you will fulfill the mark of your high calling in Christ Jesus.
And I say that because of the name of Jesus. So thank you, as always, for your time. I hope you got something out of this and you gleaned some great information uh, and that you would use this to draw closer to God and to share the love of Jesus uh, with others. And again, if you have questions, comments, always email russicoutlook at gmail.com. Prayer requests, happy to take them. If you have any questions, if you don't know the Lord, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to email with you, answer any questions you may have. Um, but just ask God, and I promise you he'll show you he's real. So uh, I'd just like to, again, thank you for your time. You've been listening to The Rustic Outlook. And remember, as always, just my opinion.